Welcome to the Katie Halper Show. Yes, bienvenido. Bienvenidos al Katie Halper Show. Yo soy Katie Halper. And um, I'm Gabe Pacheco. Gabe Pacheco. You guys know the drill. And listeners, feel free to, if you know the words, sing along with us. On today's episode, we talk about the midterms and consultation culture with writer Liza Featherstone. She's the author of the book, Divining Desire, Focus Groups, and the Culture of Consultation. And I gave a little report back from the victory party for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. For our bonus episode, we talked to Liza about communist vaginas, Bernie's recent comments about the midterms, which landed him in a lot of trouble, and that one time Gabe stumbled into a focus group as a tween. We're dropping that soon and you can access it by subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. We're really excited about our future episodes, by the way, including our interview with Matt Chrisman of Chapo Trap House about history, fascism, and politics. We'll be releasing that one soon. You can follow me on Twitter at KT Helps. That's letter K, letter T, H A L P S. You can follow my co host Gabe Pacheco at Gabe underscore Pacheco. You can use and follow the hashtag KT Helps Show. That's letter K, letter T, H A L P S H O W on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And of course, find us on SoundCloud and iTunes and Patreon. Also stand by for a free bonus episode, which is the audio from a panel discussion that Walker Bragman and I did for Pace Politics at the Pace Politics Studio. We spoke to Aaron Mate, Malaika Jabali, and Nomiki Kans. Rate and review us on iTunes, why not? We love it. If you have a phone in your hand, just take a minute and uh, audio auto-dictate. Oh, I'm, yeah. You know, do a little voice like memo to yourself in your iPhone notes about how much you love the show, then copy and paste that into the iTunes reviews. Yeah, you see, I'm not as tech savvy as you are. We have to do a, a life hack episode. Yeah, I do this for my favorite podcasts. Yeah. I'll just walk down the street if I like something, if I'm touched, if I'm moved, if I'm inspired. inspired I just uh, hit that little microphone on my on my phone. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm sure my phone's listening to me, so right. it, gets, it gets sent all right. over to the NSA. Sure. Well, they know. know the that, NSA yeah. knows what I like yeah. because I'm always talking directly into my phone. And uh, and then I just copy it and paste it and write reviews. It's funny how you really don't have any patience for people who don't know it. Uh, I'm I think, not saying that as a criticism. Yeah, just, you know, hey, improve. Improve every day. Yes, you're right. I shouldn't say you don't have patience. You have a high... I have the... What is it? The bigotry of low expectations. I'm bigoted <laughs> against our against the world and our listeners. And you're more. You believe in giving people agency. I believe that we can all we can all learn something new. That's why we're here. That's why to we learn. have brains. Yeah. Yeah. These super processing machines that we've got uh, in our skulls. Well, uh, speaking of skulls, we have a great episode today. How's that for a transition? Yeah. How about that? How about that? Yeah. We have an amazing guest on the show. Uh, her name is Liza Featherstone. Love Liza love Featherstone. Love her. We love her. We, she's been on the show before. Her most recent book is called Divining Desire, Focus Groups and the Culture of Consultation. And it's, of course, great timing because we had the midterms and her book talks all about the culture of consultation. So that's, of course, 
very applicable. Well, it's so great that the midterms are finally over. Yes. And we're no longer in this sort of crucible of anxiety, wondering if things are going to get better. Right. Because they're not. <laughs> we, we know exactly where we stand now. It's not so good. Right. Yeah. I actually was at the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez party, victory what? party. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I was doing some coverage sure. for the Young Turks. So I interviewed her over the summer um, when she was nothing more than a, when a, with a, than a girl with a dream running for a primary. We've talked about her a lot, though. And, yeah, and her, Joe uh, her ascent from uh, being a bartender, yep. uh, making, you know, struggling to get by, uh, to where she is now. Yeah. It's uh, profound it's and profound, inspiring. inspiring. Touching, can, moving, and inspiring. We can, all, we can all grow. We can all grow, yeah. Yeah. And, she, and at the, so the party was at this nightclub called La Boom. And I ran into some great people there, including Brie, Brianna Joy Gray, friend yeah. of the show. Uh-huh. I ran into her. I spoke to her a little bit. I interviewed some volunteers. It was really great. And I even got a little bit of an interview with her. Congrats. Um, how do you feel? Humble, honored, grateful, thankful, and forever indebted to this movement. And what about, what do you have, uh, your thoughts on the results from around the country? Thoughts on what? From around the country. You know, I feel confident that what that the progressive movement is really starting to gain ground. And what I hope we learn is that when we deeply commit to our values and are not afraid to champion them, we can run in any district in this country. And what's the first thing you're going to do in Congress when you get there? Man, we need to get Medicare for all on the agenda. That's what I think. Great, great. Good party. Thank you. Thank you. We hugged, which was cool. She had a lot going on. She had a lot Strong going on. Strong embrace, firm. Strong embrace, it was, yeah. Well, gentle. gentle. Compassionate. Compassionate, yeah. Yeah. And she, I mean, obviously it was a no-brainer. The, the, the challenge for her was winning the primary, which we did, which she did, we did. We Not did. Not her, us. We all helped, we right? Yeah, did we're part it. of the struggle. And she inspired a lot of other progressive outsiders and, yeah, opened doors and set a precedent. And... She, it was really cute because she, there was Latin dancing. It was really cute that she, all her volunteers were dancing, doing Latin dancing. I'll put some videos Merengue, up on our Patreon. salsa. Yeah, yeah, they were doing that. It was great. There was very, there was a lot of diversity. There was a woman in a hijab. There was a Jew. God bless him. I think Orthodox. He was just holding it, holding out, not holding it down for our people, for my people, for your honorary people. There were a lot of Latino people. There were some white people. Yeah, and it was just really fun to see her there. And, you know, it was cool to see someone who's going to be Congress, a congresswoman. She's a congresswoman-elect. It was cool to see her dancing. She's very down-to-earth still. Yes. So, yeah, the, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez party was great. First of all, there was flamenco okay. there. Like, I've never been to a uh, victory party with flamenco. It's really a great, great genre of music. Very I love flamenco. dramatic. A lot very of dramatic. stomping. Yes, a lot of stomping. And then... <laughs> It's very, it's a, it's very uh, uh, single peacock kind single of peacock. dancing too. Like you know, it's, it feels like you're watching one person. Yes, although there's some peacocks behind them. Yes. Yes, but uh, exactly, it's like a peacock crew. Yeah. A gaggle of peacocks, if you will, and then one goes out, yeah. and the rest of the, the peacocks are clapping their claw, whatever. What I, do birds have? I or just peacocks? think of very severe ponytails. Yes, very severe ponytails. That's a great way of putting and, it. And uh, lots of s- savory tapas. Yes, lots of savory tapas. 
Not involved in the ponytails, but it's true. Smoky cheeses. And very, very dramatic, unflattering faces. It's yes. almost amazing. It's actually, I find it very admirable how ugly they will look. Very and they're, they're often attractive. I just mean the facial expressions. It's like the opposite of the duck face. It's very uh, uh, severe. Yeah, severe. T- uh, tight ponytails. Like they've lived through hard times and austerity. Angular and stiff body movements. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and stomping. Stomping, which I love I never it. think about as a celebratory... Right. Stomping is something where uh, someone's mad at me. Well, there are different genres of flamenco or different songs. Yes. So there's the alegrías, which are happiness, and then there's solea. I actually studied a little bit in Spain. I loved it. You it's know really what I'm going to have to do? What? Watch a YouTube video. We on should flamenco. on flamenco. Yeah. yeah, we should actually at our next live taping do a little come out and do flamenco. Always be learning something. Always new. be learning. Also, there are couple dances too. Yeah. Then there's sevillanas, which like our folk song, and you know this is it's such an interesting history. No one really knows. Where flamenco comes from no one really knows where like it has a gypsy that's an offensive term roma background gitano what they say anyway but it's it has indian influence and it has obviously like spanish influence and eastern european influence and what's really cool is i went i saw an indian dance i went to a concert we have a friend who plays sitar yes and what i was struck by when i saw this dance was how much the dancing looked like flamenco the hand movements and the arm movements it was like a lot a lot of that and the drama of it so that was really fascinating it's really funny i'll post this on patreon there's a funny funny video of my dad who was like obsessed with sitar music and hinduism and indian most things indian we went to see our friend perform friend who plays sitar so we went to this and we were supposed to bring seats but my parents are so the opposite of hippies like they're left they're not hippies though so we don't have any portable seats you know yeah. like that you bring to concerts or whatever we 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 picnic we go to concerts and we'll sit on a blanket but there's some there's a certain kind of sportsism or athleticism required i think in the lifestyle of people who have portable seats Am I wrong? Because they have to carry the seats everywhere it, they go? It's not, yeah. I mean, obviously, we all possess the strength to do that, but there's just something camping, like camping adjacent, and we don't camp. We don't do camping. No. It also feels like a like a very, like a wandering Roma-type yes. tradition oh, to whoa. bring your own seats with you to go to the sitar concert. Yes. One second. I think Liza may be here. Hey. hey, come. Hey, Liza. Hey, how are you? You look so nice. Liza's wearing a very, like, Badass, all black, punk out, and not punk. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it in a second. A little, very Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, it is. Daughter of Anarchy <laughs> over there. And we'll give you some water and seltzer if you want. Both. You'll Both. get plain water and you'll get water con we'll, gas. Yeah, exactly. Liza Featherstone, thank you so much for coming. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Happy to be with you guys. You wrote a book that's really excellent called Divining Desire, Focus Groups and the Culture of Consultation. And you have an article out in the Baffler that's very related to, to your book called Sorry to Bother You. And it's in the Baffler. And it's, the Baffler is such a pretty magazine. It's so, so pretty I, now. It's so pretty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lindsay Ballin, I think, is, is one of the people responsible exactly. for that. Who's a great she's artist. she's really talented. Yeah, she's really talented. And extremely nice. So I didn't want to take notes on it because it's such a nice document. So I have a bunch of like hot oh, I pink. Like, I like this yeah. approach. With yeah. The it's post-its, post-its that I cut. I, I, I looks uh, slightly manic. Yeah, it looks very. It looks very um, Homeland. Carrie from Homeland. Yeah, she has like her, you didn't take your meds for a yeah, couple days. Yeah, I'm mean, gonna have you're, a bunch of connecting all pink. the dots. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but it's also it, it's like you're you're so you're so in it. Like you're making physical notes. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I miss it's. Fun. It's nice to have something in your hand to read. Tactile. Uh, tactile, exactly. Yeah, very Montessori. 
What's your like the thesis of this piece? So in this article, I'm really extending the the argument in my book to reflect a little bit on the present. Um, so in the book, I argue that the focus group is um, is is just one of many ways in which um, we the people, you know, if we think of ourselves as part of the masses, um, are, are listened to constantly. Our, our feelings and opinions are very attended to very closely. And yet, um, the more we are listened to in some sense, the less power we have um, over anything meaningful that matters. You know, because over time, they, um, they, um, the elites developed so many mechanisms to listen to people. They got better and better at the focus group and then also at data mining now and, um, all kinds of different ways of listening to to us on social media, um, listening to us without us even going on social media. And yet, over the course of that time, private sector unionism declined. And these scholars at Princeton did a study of over the last um, f- few decades, um, all the different policies that had been made and found that the independent influence of ordinary people on policy was just about zero. That is to say, where ordinary people's desires intersected with some kind of interest group, the Affordable Health Care Act, for instance, um, then, um, then they could prevail. But independently, ordinary people had zero influence on policy, which is pretty um, creepy, especially mm-hmm. considering how much we are listened to and how much our feelings are actually heard. So that's the argument of the book. In the article... I argue that in many small ways all over the place, we're seeing people reject this passive relationship to politics and get involved in trying to do something um, to seek um, power and organize other people um, in, um, in ways that will represent them better. There is a broad... Um, movement toward participation. We see a lot of attention toward you know changes in political ideology that we're seeing. Like I'm, of course, super excited by that. Like uh, Alexandria Ocasio right. Cortez gets into the uh, Congress as a person with a much further left ideology than most people we right. see um, at, at levels of government. But it also, but but someone like her also represents. Not only a change in content um, of of our politics, but also a change in in form. Right, form, yeah. Uh, you know that um, that she um, she didn't win by conducting focus right. groups and figuring out the right marketing campaign. She won um, by um, by walking all over the place and knocking on doors and getting other people right. in her community to do that. And having a moral clarity and moral vision, not to sound, that right? Too. I mean, that's, but I think those go hand in hand, yes. right? Because what because, else, if you don't do consulting, right? right. What are you driven by? And right. I think that that is... That's all. Yeah, that's all, which you're is gonna, a good thing, you're, right? Yeah, you're, you're going to be motivated to participate by politics that have some kind of moral core. Right. I think about an infant, like focus groups see... Uh, it's like a mother, an overprotective parent mm-hmm. asking their child every four minutes, "Well, how mm-hmm. are you feeling?" Uh-huh. And then um. changing, and but the the parent is always like, "I need to control this child, mm-hmm. and I need to dominate this child." Mm-hmm. And well, what does the child need right now? How are you feeling? I'm hungry. Okay, well, you see, I gave you candy. Like, well, I there so. 
the child is it's just the uh the appetites that Mm -hmm. are being listened to and not the the true needs Um, or the uh development of that that child's uh faculties and skills or agency agency right does that that's absolutely that um that that being in a passive role like that in which you are um are attended to um but not empowered deprives you of agency the thing that almost seemed like the the pinnacle of um of of the way that the culture of consultation achieves that um and i mentioned this in the article was when the um, the democratic party experimented with focus grouping all these different slogans re- recently and they finally landed on for the people I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about with the, with with the child. You know that um, a a friend of mine pointed out of all the things in the Gettysburg Address, like that's the most disempowering. Like that's like the 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 least radically democratic line, right? There's of the people by the people, but the Democrats picked. Right. For the people, right, like yeah. once yeah. again, right. returning right. the people to um, this passive Recip- consumerist role, like we're like we're going to right. um, be the recipients of this rather than the agents of it. Right. It's very deep. I'm sure they didn't mean to do that, right. but there's something very deep going on there. The where the where the um, the where the Democratic Party elites really w- would like to resist this participatory revolution and have us all stay in our lanes. So at the end of your article, you go over, you say the mainstream Democratic Party is resisting this participatory revolution, determined to do things as they've always done. After extensive market research in July, the House Democrats unfurled a winner of a slogan for the people. It's almost hard to believe how fully this captures the modus operandi of the party's elite. It says if the Democratic Party's establishment leaders are going out of their way to underscore that the people should remain passive clients of the political process rather than its agents. You go through also, this was really fascinating, these potential um, slogans that the Hillary campaign reviewed. Oh, my God. But how did you... How did you access these, by the way? Oh, this was on it. It, w- it was on the internet. I think Amy Chosick from the New York Times referred to it, um, and I, I think that I found it that way. Right. Okay. So you talk about how her campaign tried to come up with a rationale for her running for president. Mm-hmm. Clinton's brain trust, headquartered in gentrified Brooklyn Heights, sought via its survey of apparatus to answer such questions as why is she running, who is she, and why does she care. Let's sit with that for a moment. A person who spent the bulk of her adult years in public life is so estranged, both from the general public and from her own self, that she needed a focus group to tell her why she was running. This, one is tempted to say, is the alienation turned up to 11. The complete enclosure of political life unto its innermost parts by the forces of marketing. Lest this seem a rhetorical exaggeration here from a Clinton 2016 memo are some of the slogans generated by the campaign's research process. Warning, it will not gain in net intelligibility as you read on. And then there are these themes. So there's a theme, fairness, families, theme, mm-hmm. fighter, theme, mm-hmm. basic bargain slash make America work, theme, <laughs> strength. And what I thought was amazing was that, let's, I mean, we can read them. They're pretty short. But um, I, what I think is amazing is how many of them are based on a shot or a chance. Like uh-huh. it's yeah. so built 
Um, yes, the idea shot. of That's meritocracy ex- and a fair a fair yeah. chance at getting something that inherently most people won't get. That's right. So You're she totally it's right. So she goes, Hamiltonian the musical. Not gonna miss my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. It's time to take a shot. She she loves that and she loves yeah right well. it's totally the opposite of a Bernie vision a Bernie type vision of social rights exactly right it's all like, it's, it's, there's no right at all it, it, it's like it's, hopefully you'll win it's yeah. like a lottery yeah so she goes theme fairness at families the options were a fair shot and a fair deal Hillary for fairness for families building a fair future today fairness worth the fight fairness first putting a fairness first a fair chance for families. A fair chance for families. A fair fight for families. You've earned a fair shot. You've earned a fair chance. A fair chance to get ahead. I'm gonna just go, I'm gonna just read the folk the ones that are based on chance or, or shots. A fighting chance for families. Get ahead, stay ahead. So those these are either like chance based or they are um, zero sum game competition mm-hmm. lottery based. Okay. Yeah. So you're so right. I was so um, I was so taken by how it completely boring and stupid right. and forgettable they were and how um, they function in the brain like kind of an es- etch a sketch. Like you, like as soon as you say them, like I have already forgotten them. Yeah, exactly. But you're completely right that if you focus, if you can make yourself focus on the no content right. for a minute, um, the content is completely about the um the 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 the, sh- the shot like you, yeah. you 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 just deserve a shot right that's all you we don't can deserve guarantee. more yeah. than that exactly <laughs> and <laughs> the race line's going to be the yeah. same for all of us but there can only be one winner right yeah. exactly it's but very, you might as well not have games. your you don't want to yeah. have your shoes tied yeah. your shoelaces tied but yeah. it's interesting because that is so the dems on uh, many dams and Hillary on, so on in like levels. a nutshell, right? It's yeah. both boring, and then once you get beyond the boredom to actually hear it, it's not inspiring because it's based on some weird, like like uh, Hunger Games type of thing. Yeah, it's like worse than it's it's worse than uninspiring. It's like actually depressing, really deeply callous. It's callous, uh, and it's also know, it's like shaming a, in a weird way because yeah. you're you don't there's no moral outrage. I mean, there's moral outrage about the fact that you didn't get a shot, but there's no moral outrage about the fact that these rights are not. Part of our political right. program. So it's she also, also not about community. It's not really about families. No, it's, it's about no. divide and conquer and and yeah. survival of the fittest. Right, exactly. So the other ones okay. besides a fighting chance for our families, then get a fighting a, chance. I, yeah. yeah, like you, like you're still gonna have to fight. Yeah, for right. this chance. <laughs> like this is very. Yeah. Like, and then and then the it's other thing is struggle porn. So there's yeah. yeah. So there's so there's competition. There's a shot, and then there's compromise. Literally, it's a better bargain for all. Time bargain. for a better bargain, a new bargain right. for a stronger America. A Faustian bargain with the DNC. Um, yeah. A promise you can count. I guess that the promise isn't quite as bargain based. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was just, I couldn't believe. And then one, this is really funny. One was just no quit, which is like <laughs> funny. Like, like who doesn't uh, quit? Yeah. Like Hulk, no quit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get ahead, stay ahead. I mean, t- t- I, I was, yeah. I was kind of struck by it. Um, yeah. Get ahead, stay ahead. I mean, Which what does implies that, mean? that, you're that gonna, everyone else is there are going to be people left behind. Yeah, that yeah. other people are going to be behind you. So these are the, the things that her people came up with, or they're the things that and they put out there to. For these people are the to things that were brainstormed from their focus from their focus group, and fo- brainstormed focus groups tested. Uh, it's funny. I mean, I, I, I really it's not were, what, it's not what you would have gotten if you asked a bunch of people what are the most important issues to you, right? 
Well, let's actually jump ahead a little bit to because it's really cool that we're having this discussion right after the midterms. You in this piece talk about different campaigns from Andrew Gillum to Rashida Tlaib, Ocasio-Cortez, Abdul El-Sayed. But do you have any thoughts on the midterms and um, how they relate to this culture of consultation? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think we saw um, we we saw a lot of participation-driven campaigns. Um, actually, extraordinarily so, um, and um, and we saw a lot of success from that. I mean, we're. I mean, I th- I almost feel like people are not even talking about this enough. But right here in New York State, um, we like Democrats took the state senate, right. and that was um, very much um, a left-driven and very much a, a participation-driven campaign there was um um very little um big money or consultation in those um in those campaigns and um and yet i mean it it's it got to the point where um you know just um people you didn't even know were political were going out to right. staten island or going upstate to um to canvas for somebody and knock on doors and um it succeeded. I mean, that that it was it was was kind of extraordinary. First, it succeeded. Um, first, the campaign succeeded. That approach succeeded in um, dr- in beating the bad Democrats in the primary, which right. I think is a good model. Yeah. And, um, and then it succeeded in uh, beating the Republicans, which is an equally important um, way way to measure political success. And so it was. Um, so that's. Um, that was one example, and I, um, and I participated in some of those just in, just as a a, a volunteer, um, and um, and then we saw um, then we 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 saw a lot of success elsewhere. Um, every left wing person in Florida was well, of course that's an exaggeration, but a lot of people were um, were canvassed for um, Andrew Gillum, and mm-hmm. a lot of people also canvassed. For the ballot measure to enfranchise right. people with felony convictions, which is huge, and that won right. and was huge. And as we know, unfortunately, Gillum did not win, but it was incredibly close. Yeah, much closer uh, than much yeah. closer than people right. thought it was. Hopefully, close be. enough to keep everybody uh, energized. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I think also people should really hang on to the. Um, the longer term significance of that um, ballot initiative winning because I mean a governor is only one right. you know, a, a, you know a one term um, victory but um, but enfranchising those people and expanding um, the uh, you know the people who have the right to vote is um, that's a long term thing that could have really long term political consequences yeah. in Florida, and again that was um, that was that was definitely part of this um, this participatory revolution. I'm reluctant to even ask you what your takeaways are because I feel like <laughs> then we're doing the cult- the consultation, but I also do respect <laughs> yeah, you, and I'm asking you as Liza Featherstone, so. What do you think the takeaways are? Because people, I mean, already have hot takes that often serve their mm-hmm. their you know pre-existing ideology. Uh huh. I and then and then sometimes um, you know sometimes our um, th- you know there may well be interpretations out there that are true that don't um, fit our preconceptions. Right. Like I, I I spent a few minutes this morning worrying about did 
did Gillum lose because white people don't like being told that another white person is racist? All right, so Congressman DeSantis, let me turn to an issue that's been plaguing your campaign. Um, One of your donors called President Obama the N-word. You denounced his comments, but you did not return the money. Uh, The morning after your primary win, you said Florida voters shouldn't, quote, monkey this up by electing Mayor Gillum. The congressman let us know exactly uh, where he was going to take this race the day after he won the nomination. The monkey up comment said it all. And he has only continued in the course of his campaign to draw all the attention he can uh, to the color of my skin. Mr. DeSantis himself used to moderate a xenophobic, racist Facebook page. Oh, that is not right. Like, because and I don't think actually that's the reason I think. He, I think that he lost again very close election. I think he lost um, big, um, probably because um, some white people probably didn't want to vote for a black person. Some yeah. some white people are racist. And, yeah. Um, but I but I had this moment of being like maybe he shouldn't have pointed out how racist they were because that makes people defensive. And that's like an interpretation that actually does not fit my ideology or worldview. But sometimes we have to consider that. Well, like sometimes you, the the concept that some people like to double down Mm -hmm. when they're told they're wrong. Uh, Also a spite vote. Right, right. Exactly. Like, damn it. You, you pointed out that someone was racist. Yeah. I'll take your racist accusation and I'll, yeah, Uh, yeah. that's racist. Well then look at it. Yeah. You say racism, I'll raise you racism. Yeah. I'll show you racism. Yeah. It could have, but, but at the same time, um, it's also, um, I mean, as a, as a politician and as a progressive politician, you have to lead and you have to lead by telling the truth. And right. the truth was that um, that um, he, you know he saw his opponent being racist, right? And yeah. and that's like and that's incredibly important. And in the long run, for building the kind of world we want to see, um, you got to point. I think you got to point that step out, right. even if it loses you. Some Although the question is there. how and to but, whom and uh, what. But I did have yeah. this. I, I did have this. But wonder. right, can you compare like the the relationship between the focus group? And Hillary Clinton, the focus group, and and Donald Trump, the focus group, and and Sanders, like oh, the yeah. consultation culture. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we've talked a little bit about Hillary and consultation culture and um, these miserable slogans. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's just very sad. And um, and um, and and Hillary was really about as focus grouped a candidate as can be. Um, also, the campaign um, was incredibly dependent on um, on data mining, um, and um, you know there were just like there were areas where they had no field operation because they were like, well, our data says we have this, and, you know. I mean, and right. So yeah. in many ways, her campaign was kind of a casualty of the right. culture of consultation, as well yes. as being such a dreary product right. of it. You know, so it was <laughs> it, it was sort of affect the substance was affected by it but also the success of it was affected um and um and so and in in two very different ways we can see um bernie and trump um and the successes of each of their campaigns as being um as, as as being kind of important um, signs mm-hmm. of how dissatisfied people are with that culture of consultation. Right. So um, on the one hand, um, on the one hand, we had Trump and Trump, when asked whether he did focus groups um, in some interview, um, he said he he pointed to his head right. and he said, I do focus groups 
right here. Right. And a lot of nuanced responses. I'm a sure. lot of nuanced responses. Now, what's funny about that is it's um, in my book, I talk about this. It's a very well-worn um, conservative male politician mm-hmm. stance to say, I don't listen to focus groups. Um, and it's, it's a, um, and it, 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 it's pleasing. A lot of people like to hear that, but conservative constituencies like to hear it because um, it's authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's saying, I don't need to listen to people. Right. Like yeah. I don't need this to. This isn't li- a democracy. Kind I, of, like right? right. This isn't a democracy. I am listening to myself. When um, when um, you know when thousands of people got in the streets to protest the Iraq War in two thousand three, um, George. W. Bush said, um, I don't govern by focus group. Like right. he dismissed the protests themselves right. as a focus group. Right. Um, and, well, it and, sounds like I don't go, I don't care about these eggheads and these technocrats. Yeah. And like, it's that, but these, also I don't yeah. care about the people and their opinion. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, it's, it's a dismissal of, of all of, right. all of that. But it's, it seemed like a, reco- a rhetorical, uh, like slide, like an obfuscation where he didn't say, I don't listen to the people. He said, I don't mm-hmm. listen to focus groups. Right. So it like, right. It's sound. equating the masses with a technocracy. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Nice point. That's very true. Um, and, um, and, and and so 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 Trump is kind of in this well-worn conservative due tradition of right. being like I'm gonna I'm, like I, I don't I don't listen to the people. Um, Although but, Bush also, it's funny that you said that because he also bragged about having a mandate after one of the elections. Yeah. So you you right. either do or you don't. That's right. Sorry. That's right. Up, but. No, that's very true. I mean, and and Bush, the, he's both, not a real intellectually uh, consistent um, person. Obviously. Well, and also the, the the all of these conservative uh, not. Not Trump, as far as I know, but usually um, there is some hypocrisy oh. in the I don't use focus right. groups. Like usually they actually do. Like, right. Certainly in, but w- it's not in W's aesthetic. case. Right. It's just not the image that right. they want to put forth. They get a lot of mileage out of dismissing the culture of consultation, right. even while they actually use it. In Trump's case, um, I, I kind of believe him um, <laughs> I mean, that, that he doesn't use focus groups. Um, but what's funny is he finds his own way. Um, to figure to to stay in touch right. with what his base is thinking and feeling, and his yeah. his method his methodology is the rally. So mm. like he tries out all his slogans, yeah. lock her up. You He's know, such a good improviser, ad libber. Like and he sees how it works. Respond in real yeah. time. And the things that the and the things that the base gets really excited about, he just keeps using. And it's is right. better than a focus group because. He he's really he's playing to his right. really hardcore. Well, he's audience. working off their energy. Yeah. The yeah. It's like a stand-up. Exactly. Entire uh, mode of generating material right. is right. you go to the mic and if it doesn't work, you throw it away. Right. And yeah. if it works, that is now you. Yeah. So right. your entire persona is shaped by uh, the feedback loop. Yeah. And also, it can be in real time yeah. too, right? So it's you in can real time. do it where you throw it out there for the next routine, the next set, or you know the next rally. 
Or you can, what you can also do is you throw something out, you hear the crowd go wild, and then you keep going further. So whether it's a joke, right? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'll have this moment where I'm, t- I'm talking and people aren't responding, and then I tell one joke that really d- does well. I'll make a self-referential, self-deprecating reference, maybe being like, oh, that's what, that's what you guys find is funny. And then I'll go down that path, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yep. you find it while you're doing it. So Trump can do that, too, in real time. That's right. It's, that's right. And he, so he's also, um, in, 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 at the same time, he's giving people a way to participate yeah. in his campaign. And that's another thing. I mean, and, and he's giving people a way to participate that is better than being part of a focus group and right. is, and is, is, and is better than just being an anonymous data point. Right. Like it's more inviting. It yeah. simulates what the left what like a grassroots activism right right exactly and i'd say simulates because exactly. it, there is it isn't really activism but it is you know we all want to go to the it rally it's a direct like a yeah and it's direct thing. and immediate it's yeah. not that's it's right. not filtered through profession and there's no right. professionals it is you and the rally you and the politician and like yeah and there's something very gender i mean it's very butch right it's mm-hmm. very much like yeah. There's no wishy-washiness. There's no uncertainty. It is a moral, like, or I guess in Trump, he doesn't really use that, f- well, that framework, but it is a, you know what's right, you know what you like. Mm-hmm. It's not yep. even about whether you know it's right or wrong. It's like, that's what you want, and you're yes. going to go for it. Yes. And Sanders has a similar absolutism, but it's a good one, and it's based on a moral I'm such, I can't Trump, even stop myself. Yeah. But a moral vision that's, yes. right? That's like they're unwavering. Yes. Trump has emotional, sorry, certainty. And a uh, even though it's intellectually, it is oh, of course. Uh, totally, it's always live because every sent, every yeah. statement's different, but the yeah. tone is the same. Yeah. Yes. Regardless. It's unapologetic and yes. it's not caring what other people say at all. In fact, it's the yeah. opposite. It's like they say that, well, good. Yeah. And whereas like a focus group Democrats... Uh, if it is focus grouped without an ethical core, right. it is just changing with the whim right. of the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems like that's the parent that you can whip because the child, <laughs> the baby, the infant is is uh, driving the child. Right. Yeah. And you don't right. respect yeah. right. the, a parent that can't, uh, that, that kowtows to your every whim. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's, um, so Sanders was, um, uh, Sanders and his appeal were um, also represented a rejection right. of this culture of consultation, but in a really different way. So um, he, his staff told me um, he, he did not find focus groups useful. Yeah. You can imagine. Get out of here. You can imagine. Yeah, that's, yeah. yes, you can imagine yeah. that this was a euphemism right. for like Bernie being much more emphatic right. about They'd this. They'd like it if you wore. <laughs> You should wear more Iron pastel. Shirts. Yeah. Can Could you, you imagine? put more ties that are softer? So because funny. we've found that 82% of uh, 23 to 45-year-old right. women... Who well, that's another like, issue, is that the I'm, media... I'm just imagining like a, 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 like me? This, a Saturday Night Live skit <laughs> yeah. in which Bernie's staff tries to present him <laughs> with, yeah. with, the, with the results of a focus group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, are, yeah. you uh, are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious yeah. uh, Latino <laughs> Latino fathers between the age of 35 <laughs> and 57 would love to see a photo with you next to a piñata. Do you think we could just <laughs> have a Corona pinata, right. like next, next to oh my you God. somewhere in this? <laughs> I don't drink. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't drink imported. 
That's yeah. But yes, it, all the moms really want to see more pictures of you playing basketball with that your is kid. Really kind of <laughs> you know? But on the other hand, so 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 he was very emphatic um, that that he did not find these useful. Um, but um, but it, what it what it was was though it was not this sort of traditional conservative male sort of authoritarian right. rejection um it was um it it was um much more he had a constant message about um real participation right. that he was always like okay these are the things i mean if partly he didn't need the focus group because he knew what his message was yeah um, and, i mean <laughs> right. so 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 in that way yeah. you know that and his message was always the same right i know you so, could do like, like a time lapse um, from so, 1970s looks yeah. like he doesn't sit down his message has been the same his entire yeah. career you know so so he had the same message but also um the um besides the actual policy content of his message right. the other part of his message was you know if i'm going to do this you need to be in the streets you right. need to be organizing you need to be making this happen so it was i mean it it was um, it was a message of of engagement right. um that it was, it was also in stark opposition to um the um to to putting people in the role of passive consumers right. of politics you know it was like you can't just sit around hoping that i'm going to deliver this if i'm president right. um, there's and know. it's so unapologetic that's the thing it's like mm. they're both saying fuck you but to very different people <laughs> yes you know and, and hillary is like ways. and in hillary yes. you get the sense of saying like do you hi, maybe we could be friends. You know what I mean? It's almost like, yeah. and I actually, I have more sympathy for Hillary than a lot of people of our mm -hmm. politics do. I think it's kind of like a tragic story. Oh, yeah. Um, the best part of the whole campaign was when um, she was asked in the debate um, whether um, um, whether um, the big banks should like her right um yeah and, wall street right whether wall street should like her and and they were each asked that and bernie was like no the the big wall, yeah. wall street i'm dangerous. not gonna yeah. like bernie sanders yeah. um and she was like i think everybody yeah, exactly. should like me and, and, and it's very and, like and, and i know I that, right it kind I really of was heartbreaking her. yeah <laughs> you know and the sad thing is you know that but back in the day and underneath it all there is someone who has these convictions and like mm -hmm. commitments to children i mean i really think she some did. kind of commitment yeah yeah somewhere yeah, somewhere, yeah. yeah. i agree but um that's and that's doesn't she say the iranians story. except for the iranians or was that another debate oh, there was some weird throwaway like, line don't like me the iranians throwaway line that made it less endearing yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. right she's there's like, always something right around i know the i know right when you let your guard down to let her in she's like don't worry military industrial complex Right, I want point. you to like me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah like we don't. This isn't mutually exclusive. Don't worry. That's, yeah, yeah. That's we're right. in a polyamorous thing. Yeah, yeah. that's right. They're um, like, keep making those drones. But we'll there is them. there is a sense of lack of consultation culture. I mean, and mm -hmm. a lack of a and a reliance on expertise, and that they're mm -hmm. they're they're kind of. It's not that they're doing their well with Trump. It's like he's doing his own thing with Sanders. Right. It's like he's with the people mm -hmm. and doesn't care about the what. Because it's both of them are so anti-status quo that it mm -hmm. makes a lot That's of right. sense that they don't care about consultation groups because yeah. consultation groups are stuck in the reality of the possible, right? Mm -hmm. Of That's right. of what's been done before, and both of them have in a, in a different way that gets stupidly equated, just like socialism and fascism get mm -hmm. equated. Mm -hmm. um, 
they both are rejecting the status quo and trying and thinking outside the box and that in itself was why they were so appealing in mm-hmm. a large part yes and um i do think that you know part of it is hillary's there are two issues there's the content and then there's the form right yes. and i think part of it is like obama said he could have won a third term i think that's right i think mm-hmm. he doesn't have the same kind of whatever uh thing that that trump and um sanders have but he didn't look as tentative and although maybe he did to the left, but I think, I don't know. I asked Norm, Norman so- Solomon about this. Uh, like, is there a danger that we will just have good campaigners who offer the same crappy policy and they'll well, keep course. winning, right? And he's yeah. like, yes, but eventually when you have a really rancid product, yes. like the packaging only matters so much. I think that that's true. Um, I think that that that's definitely true. And um, and we actually we we did see a number of um, uh, of of very um, tepid Democrats go down right. in this election. Didn't didn't Claire McCaskill yeah, lose she her did. seat? Which is terrible, right? Because it's terrible that a Republican right. got that seat. Um, but it it, it does. Um, I mean, there it, it there's shatters cert- the myth that the moderate is the way to. It, it does. It it, it's, it idea, certainly yeah. shows that these people are not in that that approach is not infallible. Um, I mean, you know, and it's complex because I mean, if if what we end up with in twenty twenty for the Democratic nominee is some product of the consul culture of consultation and lose. some middle of the road Democrat, like. I don't feel very optimistic about that, but of course, I hope that they'll just pull it together right, and make that's it better work. Than, yeah. I mean, because I don't want to see Trump get another right. term. Um, but it does seem like um, there is more. Um, it would be more hopeful to see where um, a, um, a, a a better better ideas right. and a more participatory um, right. a, um, approach could take us. Um, right. In terms of poli- no, in terms of politics and policy, I think that's what's so interesting is that right. Like we all in this room, obviously, our policy is to be more bold and radical. Although, as Sanders points out, none of these are people running from the mountains. You know, these are you don't have to be in the vanguard in the living in the mountains. Everyone supports these things except for he, he went through all the things that he supports, <laughs> and they all have mass support, like mass yeah. overwhelming mass majority, support. right? Yeah, and then. Um, well, that's what he's the most popular politician in America right now, and I feel like there's he's a lot like, of Bernie shaming, even among the left. The whole remember that the these I hate the centrists are like, look, I used to like Bernie, but now leftists are doing it too. I liked Bernie, but Nathan Robinson does a really meticulous rundown of why he thinks Sanders is the most viable candidate for 2020, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I mean, I, I I used to be embarrassed and not really say it. I think he's right. Mm-hmm. And, and he says the age thing isn't isn't ideal, but if Trump tries to make the age thing an issue, Bernie should just challenge him to a one-on-one game of basketball, which <laughs> That's he will a great beat him idea. at. And he's four years older than him, but he looks in much better shape. I mean, mm-hmm. he's like Donald Trump is always eating cheeseburgers. I don't think Trump would be in a very good position to play the age yeah. card when he is not that much. Yeah, younger. it's a four-year difference, and he yeah. looks much less healthy than. And Sanders. I mean, uh, Bernie Sanders has more energy than oh my we God, do. I know. Uh, yeah. I mean, campaigned just... harder for Hillary Clinton than Hillary Clinton herself. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I mean, but it's funny. I, I do, but it is interesting that people are still not taking him seriously. Like I talked to I my mom this morning, Why? and she said, and she said, 
she said, no, you can't be serious. No one is talking about Hillary being the nominee. I said, oh, actually, a lot of people are talking about that. She, and my mom was like, if Hillary Clinton is the nominee, I'll kill myself. Oh, and then yeah. I was like, no, don't do that. And, she, yeah. and, and then I was like, well, you know, I think, you know, like, but Bernie is the most popular politician in America. And my mom was just like, no, no, no. He's oh, too so old. She thought both of them yeah, were I mean, not going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and she's a Bernie voter. My right, mom right, right. Has great politics like we all do. Um, but but she was just like, no, he's he's too old. Right. And I think there's yeah. also like a lot of like a, a lot of a lot of progressives are, are old and have internalized. Ages, yeah. So. Right. Forget. Right. We get accused of being self-loathing women. Because we, didn't, we support Sanders over Hillary. We should just call these people geriatric. I think they're self-loathing. self-loathing. I think they're yeah. self-loathing geriatrics. Yeah. <laughs> we can empower them, too. We can show them all these like these life hacks for staying fit and yeah. you know the brain neuroplasticity arguing that bernie's too old um, yeah like, i mean fine. who's the alternative <laughs> also that's the big question yeah i don't know who i'm open to it not being sanders but i don't know who it would be yeah alexandria cortez is not going to be experienced enough right. by then sherrod brown yeah, like, i don't um, think he has the name recognition yeah i like my him. mom wants sherrod brown yeah he and he has that sexy gravelly voice so. <laughs> um yeah but and Beto will not have won anything yet. Well, that's a thing. Yeah, and that's someone, a fatal flaw. I saw. I've seen yeah. some people like, saying I they mean, want Beto losing your way into the White House. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just I I fear yeah. that he will be the nominee, but that is really failing up. Right. right. Well, I mean, Trump also. I know, was, I know. but so. Trump plays by doesn't. That's a thing. That's like so frustrating about him is that because he doesn't play by the rules, him failing up works. Like. Beto, how are you supposed to say Beto? It never Beto? works for liberals. No, yeah. it, do- it doesn't. Yeah. And the, you know what else is interesting about the consultation thing is that like, Matt Stoller actually said this on, on an episode that we had with him and Leslie Lee, which is a funny combination, but there's such a, and I feel like women are much more vulnerable to this stuff, but we wait for experts and we wait for expertise. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's so many, and I don't like overplaying the straight white man thing, but there's so many straight white men who are just so confident giving their take yep. and it's not questionable. Yes. It's just the way it is and yep. it's not ideology. You know, like the, the Ezra Klein thing. It's not about yep. his ideology. It's just the way it is. It's just based on reality. I'd love it to be a different way. Yeah. And they don't, people don't realize how, first of all, how cocky it is. That mm-hmm. they, they feel like they have their finger on the pulse, but also how that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Like because they claim that people think and act this way, yeah. Then that creates the idea that it can't be another way. And yeah. then it's not another way. And then. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what else? Anything else? I mean, that's that. Stacey Abrams is still oh, out Stacey. there. Yeah. Oh, that's what we should. You know, you know speaking of like. She's got bigger balls gender. than uh, Al, Gore. Al Gore. If only Al I'll Gore. Say. Right. You know, so yeah. sometimes you got to challenge a. Uh, election yes. results. I, so Stacey yeah. Abrams is, of course, challenging the results. The the voting results, which, what, which were votes? very, which were very close, very close, and also her opponent is a um, was in charge of the votes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like so the, many the dirty garden. tricks. Yeah. So, so many dirty and tricks. and all of the electronic voting machines were unplugged. Yeah, yeah basically, right? It was like and all many these... black voters were disenfranchised, yeah. and there were lines and like other places with tons of machines just weren't open. For no yeah. reason, when yeah. they, you know, so she's it's incredible. It. it was as close as it I was, know, considering it right. all of the things that so were that, happening. That means she won by several thousand. Yeah, she probably votes. won by like probably threefold. She did, <laughs> but it's, it is encouraging to see. But I'm here tonight to tell you, votes remain to be counted. There are voices that were waiting to be heard across our state. Folks are opening up the dreams of voters in absentee ballots, 
and we believe our chance for a stronger Georgia is just within reach. But we cannot seize it until all voices are heard. And I promise you tonight, we're going to make sure that every vote is counted. Every single vote. Every vote's getting counted. Because I'll tell you this, in a civilized nation, the machinery of democracy should work for everyone everywhere, not just in certain places and not just on a certain day. Speaking of like the gender stuff and the commitment and the mm -hmm. non-wobbling, that is so important because, mm -hmm. again, it's this idea that you're not waiting for some weird DNC consultant to tell you to drop out of the race. Right. It's unapologetic. Right. Yeah. right. Um, and even if she loses, it's a great thing to show yeah. the world. It sets a precedent. Yeah, it sets a precedent. Yeah. 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 I don't. Why? OK, maybe this is a naive question, but like, why didn't Gore right. challenge it? Oh, we have a longstanding uh, tradition to transfer, transfer power nonviolently. Because it's sac a sacred... One. I think there was like, I think it was legitimacy oh, being right. part of the club. I, I mean, I think that it's, I think it's great that Stacey Abrams and her people don't see things that way. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, I have a feeling that um, there may even be a rethink about that in the party structure, because I, I was getting some official emails from the Democrats right. this morning being like, send us money right. because Stacey Abrams is not stepping down. Right. And that was interesting. So she's not just on a frolic on her own. Right. Like, like the, 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 it seems like the, the party, actual, yeah, the party is supporting her, her right. which is amazing, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so this is something. But, you know, Gore was really... Um, Gore was really part of the ruling class, and he didn't want right. to disrupt um, it. Just, I think he didn't want to rock the boat because of know. dinner parties and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and it was before he became environmental. Right. Gore. Maybe like he, he was he really. Needed, maybe he, was, he knew he had a film career waiting out there <laughs> if he didn't do the president. Thing. He already had a good uh, resume. He'd yeah. been vice president. <laughs> right. You know why not r relax, take right. some time off, right. regroup? Yeah, I, yeah. I think he didn't really care. Yeah, at some level, <laughs> like, but at the same time. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was very humiliating, and it, and it, it 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 should have been humi more humiliating to him personally, right? To to back down. Like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it really does communicate to people that like you're not fighting for them. Yeah, especially that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, well, Liza, thank you so much for this. Thank um, you. Where can people find you? Any any anything you want to plug? Um, oh yeah, well we have uh, we have been talking about my book, which is called Divining Desire: Focus Groups and the Culture of Consultation. It was published by Or Books, so um, people can order the book from Or Books, or they can um, be um, a bad person like me and order it from Amazon, um, or you can get it at your lovely independent bookstore, um, which um, mostly will have it. Um, and so that's that's a good place, um, and otherwise. Um, I mean, I ran an advice column in the nation asking for a friend. You can read my Baffler article. Um, and um, um, yeah. Great. And on Twitter, you're. Oh, yeah. And Twitter at L Feathers with a Z. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you both. Bye, Eliza. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Katie Halper Show. See you next week. You can find us on iTunes, where you got to rate and review us. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Follow us on Twitter. That's KT Helps, letter K, letter T, H-A-L-P-S. Gabe underscore Pacheco. We got the Katie Halper Show Facebook. 
you got to use the KT Help Show hashtag all over. So that's K-T-H-A-L-P-S-H-O-W. You could tag, tag the streets with it. Why not? Thank you. Bye.